I wanted to ask you, how does it feel? Good. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Literally zero. I am speaking to you from a 5K iMac. I wasn't going to ask. (laughs) Because you didn't want to know? No, because... I just wasn't going to ask. I, I originally had it down. I wasn't going to ask if you wanted to bring it up. But yeah, I'm not going to go into the details, Doug Beal. We'll just say, I'll save that for ATP, but we will say that I have a Retina iMac in front of me, and this thing is friggin' beautiful. You need to get Flux installed on that thing. Already there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on that gravy train. <laughs> Can yeah, you give I them it. money? Uh, yes, they have a PayPal page. All right. Uh, I have to set mine up super weird because otherwise my screen would be like just oh orange right now. Always. <laughs> so I have to say like I get up late flux just so you know. Yeah, yeah. Which you can tell it. Yep. Uh, so yeah, so I have spent the last uh, 24 hours or so setting everything up. So far so good. Knock on glass. Uh, I have cleaned my office. I think I actually mentioned on the Aaron and Casey episode of Analog that the office is a complete shithole. And now, not as much. It's actually looking pretty decent in here. Hey, can I make a suggestion for you? Mm. Can you have stickers made of the ATP logo? Why? Because I want an ATP sticker. Which device would you put them on? That would go on my iPad Pro. Ooh. Ooh, that's bold. You know, I was thinking about it um, a little while ago. It was a day or two ago. It's funny to me, and maybe you've talked about this on one of your shows, and I just blanked when you did, but it's funny to me how anti-iPad you were just like six months ago, and now you are like yeah. on the verge of being full-on Federico. It's this device, man. Like, it is weird. Like, I've been in and out of love with the iPad over the years. Um, like way back for iPad one, like I did all of my show prep on iPads and, and I, because I had like a, a, a MacBook air and an iPad, I would have the MacBook air recording and I would be reading my show notes from the iPad. Right. Right. That, that was kind of like my two computer setup. Like, do you remember for a while I was using the MacBook and the Mac pro? Mm-hmm. Like I had like the two computers set up, which I'd had for years just for the two, two screens basically. Um, and then like, over time, like, the iPad has just become, like, not useful for me, right? But the combination of split view and the keyboard, that's it. Like, the pencil for me is something I like to use, but that's not Except as not important. lately. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that, that's, I'm realizing that, like, as much as I really love to use my iPad with the pencil, I can still use it perfectly fine without it. Um, it's less comfortable for me, but it's still fine to use. It's, it's the, the size of the screen, the split view, and the keyboard. Because I have the smart keyboard cover case thing, mm-hmm. and I have that on always. Um, and that combination is just incredible. Like I was talking, I can't remember I was talking about airmail. I think this might have been on, on upgrade. And... Like, I just don't ever really do email on my Mac. Like, I sit down in front of my Mac now to record and then to edit, and then I turn my Mac off. Oh, my God, you are Federico. At one point yesterday, I was sitting at my desk with my iPad in front of me, in front of my iMac, and my iMac was off. And I was working for, like, 45 minutes. That, I mean... I love my iPad mini. I truly do. And man, do I love this new one that has the multitasking, which I know isn't. And I, I thought the Air 2 was great with the, with the split view multitasking. Yeah. But I tell you what, 
if I had a choice in almost any task, if I had a choice between sitting down at an iPad and sitting down at a full-on computer, the only thing I can think of that I wouldn't choose the computer is if I'm just truly reading through like Twitter or RSS, if I'm just sitting there reading, but anything else, I would much rather have a computer in front of me. And I'm not saying you're wrong for the record. I'm, I'm If anything, I'm saying I'm old fashioned and backwards, but it's so crazy to me how much, especially those of you who have the iPad pros that have really gotten into it, like you and Federico and Steven to a lesser degree, just how into it you are. And I mean, I, I, I sort of understand, but it just seems to me like, oh man, I would be so much faster doing all these things on a computer. And maybe that's the developer in me coming out. I don't know. But it's crazy to me how you went in such a short window of time from, yeah, I really don't like my iPad and I really don't see the point in it to, oh my God, give me an iPad Pro and nothing else. Like, you know that thing I put on my, my blog, that whether mm-hmm. I'm faster, slower, or more or less productive, that yeah, doesn't yeah. matter, right? Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that the other day and like kind of where that thought came from. And that thought came from something that I've felt myself feel a couple of times where it's like, this is definitely slower or this is definitely more cumbersome to do. Like mm-hmm. I'm doing some kind of task, right? And I feel like oh, I could do this quicker on a Mac, but I don't want to do it on the Mac. Like That's I fair. like doing it more it's crazy, on the iPad. But it's fair. Yeah, this is a sort of thing that is going to enrage the nerd audience. Um, like I know it as I say it. Why would you not choose the most optimum result always? And I get that. Trust me, I get it. Like, you know, you would have told me this a little while ago and I would have thought that it was a crazy thing to hear, but... When I use the iPad, it provides me with a kind of good feeling. Like, it gives me this... I just can't really explain it. But, like, I feel like I'm using a device that makes me happier with the stuff that I'm doing. Well, and and th- that's all that I'm able to, like, work in bed and, like, all this kind of stuff. Like, it's just a really nice way to get work done like i can work from wherever and even if i'm just working at home on it i still feel like i'm less constrained like i could just get up and leave the house and just get like 75 percent of my work i can do on this device now the rest is the recording and the editing aside from that there is nothing that i can't do on my ipad and i could do the recording and editing on it people do i just don't want to i can't use this microphone because mm. yeah, what is uh, Fraser using? He has um, I can't remember who makes it. I think it might be a Rode or something like that. But like Gray's current microphone, he has like, some USB Rode mic, and he can use that on his iPad. It's one of the reasons he bought it. So like he could do narration directly on it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. But Weird. there is something I tell you. Like the iPad Pro is the best device Apple have made, in my opinion, in maybe the last two or three years. That's crazy. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. Just it's crazy. It sounds crazy. It really does sound crazy. You know, like, I always thought that Federico was crazy for doing the amount that he did, but he was just ahead of it. Like, he could just see it sooner. Like, and I really mean this. If I was a writer, like, if I had that kind of world, like, if I wasn't doing the, the heavy work, the audio work, I wouldn't use a Mac at all for anything. Uh, yeah, and I mean... I don't know, man. It's just, it's crazy to me thinking of not having a Mac in the house. Like, I just bought two <laughs> Retina uh, 5K iMacs. Now, granted, one of them ended up going back, spoiler alert, but um, I just, I, I can't fathom 
choosing an iPad for, and I don't mean to use like, oh, you can't create on an iPad. Like, there's no doubt in my mind you can create on an iPad. No doubt, full stop, it can happen. It's just crazy to me that one would choose that over a full bore computer. And I'm not saying you're wrong. Uh, again, if anything, I'm just the one that's stuck in the past. But it's just, it's so hard for me to, it's so hard for me to to fathom making that choice. Yeah, pe- I've had people say to me, they've made comments about me being like, wasteful or frivolous with the purchase of my iMac and my iPad Pro because I'm like replacing one over the other. But I use the iMac for some specific tasks that I really need it for. Like when I'm recording, I need to see lots of things on the screen at once, Mm -hmm. which is what the iMac does. And I need the power that it has to do the work. So like I have the machine that I think is the best for what I need it to do at whatever time I'm using it. And currently that's split between those two machines. I don't use my MacBook Pro at all except when i'm on an airplane Hmm. so most people have a desktop and a laptop i'm gonna consider how i can never use that laptop and maybe for my next trip i won't take it like so before my next big trip that i take if i need to do any editing i might try and actually do it in ferret so I don't need a laptop anymore. That would be my idea that I actually get rid of the laptop. And if I didn't like to do podcast editing on planes, then I wouldn't ever take my laptop anywhere. I wouldn't even have one anymore. It God, just doesn't crazy. make sense for the type of work that I'm doing now. And, and the way that I like to work, the the best kind of system for me for the majority of my tasks has become iOS. And I was talking about this on Connected earlier, and I've been thinking about this a lot. That one of the best things about these devices is apps, right? And all of the exciting apps are on iOS. Yeah, yeah, I heard that connected. And I think you nothing's right happening on the Mac anymore. No, not really. I think you, I think that's fair to say. And if you know, if we like to use our devices to do stuff with, all the stuff that you can do is on iOS, and a lot of it is on the iPad Pro, and a lot of the really good stuff is being made for the iPad Pro. You know, you look at like a lot of these drawing apps um, or you look at something like ferrite or you look at something like workflow and you know, that, that stuff is, is insane. Yeah. I don't know. How did we Accidental turn into, yeah, podcast, say, right? How did this become ATP? What the hell's going on here? All right. So after that very unanalog topic, <laughs> let's take a break and actually do what people come here for. This week's episode is brought to you by a new sponsor and that is ministry of supply. Let me tell you about Ministry of Supply. I love this company. They're amazing. This is the type of stuff that they think about. Like the everyday clothing now should be smarter. Like if you think about it, the best type of clothing, the best way that we want to have our clothes work is for it to be designed for the needs of our bodies in motion. Like we are not static mannequins. We don't just sit and do nothing all day. Like we move around, people are on the go, and our clothing should adapt with us. Because the only way that we can actually feel comfortable in our clothes is if they work with us instead of against us. Like I remember having to wear these suits to work every day. Right, That was a thing that I did for years and years and years. And I would just be sweating bullets on the tube home <laughs> because my clothing doesn't do anything to help. It's just like a cocoon of heat. And this is the type of stuff that drives Ministry of Supply. They are a performance professional menswear company. I'll come back to that in a moment. They launched out of MIT four years ago. They make polished business clothes that are engineered by MIT-trained engineers to provide technical benefits like 
body temperature regulation to keep you from getting too hot or too cold. They have sweat wicking fibers to keep you dry and stretchable fabric to allow you to move freely. And this is where the performance thing comes into it. They actually make like shirts and they make jumpers and all that sort of stuff, like sweaters that you would call them. (laughs) But they make them with the materials and the ideas that go into performance fabrics. Like for example, Ministry of Supply's most tech-forward dress shirt is called the Apollo. It's made with those moisture-wicking fibers infused with temperature-regulating phase-change material. This is the same stuff that they use in NASA to keep astronauts cool in space. It also features light-knit construction for breathability and four-way stretch for mobility. Ministry of Supply has commissioned a research study by the University of Minho in Portugal that found that it was around 15 times more breathable than a 100% cotton dress shirt. All of their clothes are easy to maintain and wrinkle resistant. You can wash and dry them at home with no need to iron. Their stuff is amazing. They they sent me a few things. I have a lovely shirt and and a sweater. And I wore them out and they were super comfortable the fabrics feel really interesting, and I was kind of looking at them, and they have, like, they use lasers to cut holes under the arms, so it lets air in. What? Yeah, and, like, this 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 sweater that they have, it looks like a really nice design, but, like, the back has got this, like, nice little design on the back, like, the way that it's, like, the way that it's knitted. But that's so it lets air into the back so you don't sweat. This stuff is absolutely fantastic. You can find out more and shop online at ministryofsupply.com slash analog. And if you use the code analog, you'll get 15% of your first purchase and show your support for this show. But there's something else that's super awesome, which is a first for me and definitely a first for you, I think. If you want to shop in person at a Ministry of Supply store, just mention this podcast and you'll get 15% off in store for your first purchase. What? I know, in store. How great is that? I've never had a sponsor before where you can actually walk into a store and use a a promo code, but you can, and that code's analog. Thank you so much to Ministry of Supply for supporting this show and Relay FM. A bunch of really cool things going on there. I love those guys. Man, breaking new ground. No doubt. Crazy. All right, so... McChoco Potato. Oh, yes, I forgot about this. I, I should be paying closer attention to the show notes. So this came to our attention. This is apparently a Japanese thing. In in McDonald's in Japan, they have, what is this? It's French fries with, what? Is it like chocolate and vanilla syrup? No, two types of chocolate sauces. Chosses with cacao flavor and white milk chocolate. This is extremely weird. I think I'd seen it on Twitter from O'Shane and then um, I think Stephen had put it in the Slack or something. So you're talking about this in the Slack and everyone in the Slack was like, oh God, this is disgusting. And you and I both said, oh God, this is disgusting. Would you try this? Yeah, I'd definitely eat this. It's not disgusting. (laughs) This is weird. I like mixing sweet and savory. You were just talking about this on uh, what? Connected today or was it Upgrade? You were talking about uh, bacon and oh, maple upgrade. syrup. Oh, it was yeah, upgrade? we were talking okay. about bacon and maple syrup. The, the mixture of sweet and savory is one of my favorite things. But just the idea of eating fries with chocolate on them just seems like a very strange thing to do. I'm upset that this is in Japan. I thought it was in America. No, no. I, I would do a – so I'm not really big into the Periscope thing, but I would absolutely do a Periscope of me eating this if it was in America. But it is not. Or – if everybody becomes a Relay FM member and supports Analog, we can go to Japan. Yes, with enough support from the listeners, we will go to Japan. We will periscope the crap out of this. 
I, if if we got sent to Japan, I'd periscope a lot. <laughs> Fair enough. Have you ever uh, wanted to go to Japan? Oh God, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I really want to go there. I'm a little bit intimidated by it. Oh, I'm more just, than a little bit. And and my, for me, it's purely because like I just get concerned that if I got lost, I wouldn't be able to find my way anywhere because if like they don't use the Roman alphabet, mm-hmm. so I it would freak me out a little bit. But I've I've been I thought about maybe trying to get like a guide or something and and do like a trip that way. Um, you know, it's funny you say that. So it might have been my very first WWDC. I um, just by happenstance, I don't remember how we met, but I befriended this guy Will Haynes. And Will is an Australian, but he has been living in Tokyo for a long time now. And his his wife is uh, Japanese. He now has two children. Um, but he obviously is a fluent English speaker, and he's also a fluent Japanese speaker. And so I have told Will on numerous occasions, oh, my goodness, at some point, Aaron and, and me and maybe Declan, who knows, we are going to Tokyo and I am forcing you to take me around and show me all the cool stuff because how amazing would it be to have like an actual friend, not just even a guide, but a friend show you around. Oh, it'd be amazing. Yeah, that that's the way to do it. I mean, I've always, the places that I've loved the most that I've visited have always been uh, the ones that I've gone to where I've had a, a kind of a guide. Mm-hmm. So like, seeing Portland the first time and being taken around by Chase was amazing. Going to New York and having the Amit show us around was amazing. Like, I love that kind of stuff because mm-hmm. you see all of the good stuff, you know? No, oh, totally. And plus, you don't have to worry about, like, where you're going or what you're doing because there are people there to to help you through it. That, that I always find that to be the best kind of way to observe a place and to visit a place. Yeah, but, I mean, I've always had... I've always been intrigued by Japan and then this was permanently cemented when um top gear was still a thing and it is series or season depending on how you look at it uh it's series 11 episode 4 uh jeremy takes the then brand new nissan gtr and races it straight across japan the short way such a beautiful episode oh so good and then uh uh, james and richard are on bullet trains to go basically down and around the the island Oh, it's one of my favorite episodes. It's in my top 10 best of uh, Top Gear episodes of all time. And I love that episode. And it just made me want to go to Japan that much more. Yep. So good. Um, so, yeah. So uh, we need everyone to sponsor Analog so we can both go to Japan and Periscope some things. That's the deal. Mm-hmm. So I have a, a little mini topic as well. Um, why am I a terrible friend? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I love you. I think you're amazing. Oh, well, that's very kind of you. No, what I'm talking about is um, I've I've felt lately like I've been doing a particularly bad job of keeping up with people. And it was you that made me realize, well, not you, but but me not keeping up with you made me realize, I think I'm getting worse and worse at this with time. And what I'm more specifically talking about is around Christmas time, I had said to you like two or three different times, hey, can I give you a call on FaceTime, you know, a, a FaceTime audio call, uh, just because I'd like to hear how your Christmas went. And mm-hmm. you were like, yeah, sure, you can do that. Not today, but call me tomorrow or whatever. I, I don't remember exactly what it was. And I was like, okay, that, that sounds good. Never called you. So then when we were talking about going fortnightly, you had brought to my, or you had brought back to my attention, you know, we used to talk to each other, um, 
uh, on like Tuesday or Thursday, it doesn't matter. It's one day of the week. I would call you on my way into work on FaceTime audio, and we'd have like a quick chat. Because yeah, this was the show fun. before we had a show every Thursday <laughs> in right. the morning on your way to work. You would call me, and we'd talk for a bit. Yeah, and and I'd forgotten about that because we've been doing the show for so long now. And I thought, you know what, that sounds great. I'm going to do that on the off Tuesdays, on the off Tuesdays, on the way into work, especially lately at, at this client, which is a little bit further away than my normal office. I'm going to give Mike a call. Did I call you this this past Tuesday a week ago? No. No, of course not. So I think I've been worse to you than to anyone, which is not on purpose, and I am genuinely sorry for that. But I feel like I've let – I don't mean this in the way maybe it's going to come across, but I feel like I've let life get in the way of keeping up with my friends and family. I feel like I've been so swamped with, with Declan and with Aaron and with – you know, keeping myself employed and in the podcast, I've just been a, I've done a terrible job of keeping up with my friends and family. And I don't know what I'm really asking you here. What other than, do you have anything to say about that? And what do you do to prevent yourself from being the terrible friend that I am? (laughs) So much worse. Like you have a baby and and you were perfectly fine at this and then like you had Declan and then it was just like too much for your brain to keep <laughs> up with I think well is probably what happened <laughs> yep but like I do not keep up with my friends very well like it is not a thing that I'm very good at I'm very good at keeping in touch with my online friends friends I have the small friends the small group of friends I have here in England I'm really not very good at or like you know or I notice it but notice it too late it's like for example me and Federico were talking before we recorded um remaster today and I realized I was like I feel like I don't talk to you so much anymore and it's because we don't talk so much anymore because we don't record virtual every week anymore mm-hmm. but it's like I didn't even really realize it but yeah I, I'm 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 pretty bad at this stuff and it kind of just got to the point in my life where I'm like I just know that this is I'm just not good at this so I'm just not gonna fight against it mm-hmm. and I expect that most people in my life that care about me will understand this about me which is why like i kind of put it to the back of my mind when you said you'd call and you never called and it didn't bother me. <laughs> well and i appreciate that you're not being a jerk about it but i feel like a jerk like i i don't when i said to you oh i want to call you about christmas i really hand on heart wanted to talk to you about I christmas stuff and, and then i just plum forgot and then i would well, remember said it Right. And, and then I'll rem- and just like you were saying a second ago, oftentimes I'll remember when it's like a tremendously inconvenient time to talk to somebody. And this is exacerbated by me having not only friends, but also family in other time zones now, which didn't used to be the case a few years ago. Um, so maybe I'll think about calling you at like 10 o'clock in the evening, my time, which is what, like four in the morning, your time. I know you would answer the phone if it wasn't on Do Not Disturb, but you would probably be a little perturbed that I was calling you at four in the morning. So then I just don't do it because I'm not going to wake you up. And then I'll forget because I'm silly that way. So I just I'm, I feel like I need to get better about this. Maybe maybe that's a goal for uh, 2016, which uh, we have a little bit of that to talk about later. But I, I want to get better about this. I want to make sure that I follow up with. Um, calling you on the off Tuesdays, and maybe it's something as stupid as setting an appointment or a reminder in my in in my calendar just to make that's sure what I don't I was forget. Suggest that was what I was going to suggest because that's what's if I've ever needed to do this stuff, it's always helped me to put a note in OmniFocus or an appointment in my calendar. Do you use a to do list manager like mm-hmm. any sort of productivity to do list app? I don't no, remember. no, I don't. And it's I interesting feel... to me. I don't know how somebody could function. 
Well, so I think to some degree, my calendar is my to-do list, which sounds terrible and it makes me feel gross just saying it that way. But basically, if it's if it's any sort of obligation like talking to you on the phone, I don't mean the obligation in like a bad way, just it's something I'm supposed to be doing. Anything like that, that happens on a calendar basis, you know, so it's happening at a specific time. It's mm-hmm. if it's not on my calendar, it's not happening. And so I am religious about making sure that if I need to do something that it goes on the calendar, which now that I'm saying that it means it's clear to me that I need to make an appointment for myself to call you on Tuesday mornings. But if it's not on our calendar, when Aaron and I share a calendar, if it's not on our calendar, then I'm not doing it. Not because I'm belligerent about it. It's just I'll forget. And I don't get I don't go to the to the links that like Gray does. You know, I'm not schedule I'm not micromanaging my day. I'm not scheduling sleep or anything. I'm just saying if it's anything outside of the normal routine in any way, shape, or form, if it's not if it's something that doesn't happen pretty much every single day, then it's gotta be on the calendar or I'll forget. There are many people that, that and there's actually a school of thought in the productivity GTD world of what should go on your calendar and what shouldn't. Like, so, you know, the, are you familiar with the app Things? I've not used it, but I know of it. So Things doesn't allow for uh, reminders or times to be set to tasks. Hmm, interesting. Because their, their idea and the methodology they subscribe to is if something is a timed task, it should be on your calendar. I fundamentally disagree with this. Because the point for me of a to-do list app or a GTD app is that you check off the things when they're completed. Otherwise, they may not be done. Mm-hmm. So for me, like if I have something on my calendar and the time goes by, it's lost to the world. Yeah. Because I don't have a system of going in and looking at my calendar. Like For me, all of that stuff makes more sense to live in OmniFocus. And I assign a arbitrary time to everything unless it requires a time just so I get reminded of the things I need to do throughout the day um, mm-hmm. and it helps pl- me plan my day that way. And more often than not, like it is extremely rare that I will finish a day having completed every task because some tasks don't have to be done on a specific day. That's just the day that they're coming up. But that makes way more sense for me as a system um, yeah, so I don't, I don't really understand how people work with the stuff on the calendar, but I know Matt does a lot of that. He puts tasks and st- stuff like that on his calendar, and many people do. It just really isn't a system that, that could work for me. Yeah, and, and to be clear, for tasks, I kind of deviated from your uh, question a little bit. For For tasks, I don't usually put that on the calendar. It's just... That's the calendar. I guess what I should have said is the calendar is the closest I have to a to-do list. Not that tasks go on there, but that if I need to accomplish something and it has any sort of time component to it, then it's got to go on the calendar. So like appointments or um, so, for example, um, in America, you have to pay estimated taxes if you have an income like podcasting where you're not paying on it or where it's where the taxes aren't drawn for you. So whenever I need to pay my estimated taxes, because that happens four times a year, I put that on the calendar at the beginning of the year. Yeah, and so then I forget about it. focus for me. Okay. So it's, it's sort of similar, but for because like, that's something that has to be done. Right? right. Right. So that's why I would put it in there. And to me, and it's similar thought, you know, but to me, the reason it goes in the calendar is because not only does it have to be done, but it has to be done at about a, a particular moment, you know, because I really need to send it on Thursday to get it there by Monday, just so to speak. Yeah. So that's why I put it on the calendar. But normal day to day stuff, 
I, I've become a fairly heavy reminders app user. Well, as compared to the way I was anyway, I wouldn't say I'm heavy in general, but I never used it. Now I use it somewhat regularly because I'm learning about myself. If I don't, if I have an idea of something I want to accomplish and if I don't write it down and force myself to be reminded of it later, it just never, ever gets done. And so for things that I really need to get done that I can't push off, even something as silly as like, if I run out of breath mints that I carry on my person during the day, I'll set a reminder for when I get home to get a new pack of breath mints because I'll forget to do it if I don't do that, which is crazy, but it's something I've learned about myself and I'm trying to, if not embrace it, to roll with it. I know, that took a very yeah. that took a very different direction than I wanted, but I, I dig it. I like it. That might go in due for me. I mean, I'm often derided as like the guy who has so many to do list apps on their home screen, and I <laughs> definitely do because I have like different requirements for different types of tasks. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever makes, works for you, as long makes as it sense works. for me, man. Uh-huh. That, that doesn't make sense for most people, and it really shouldn't because it's my system. Uh, <laughs> but it but it makes a lot of sense for me. Fair enough. Uh, you know what else makes sense? Tell me. Our next sponsor. Sure does. This episode is also brought to you by Bushel. iPads, iPhones, and Macs, the devices that we love, are being used as work tools at an increasing rate. And 2016 will be no exception for that. While using Apple devices can be a real benefit to a business, it can also introduce some new problems. Having to manually update each device, for example, can be a real chore once you start adopting multiple iPads, multiple iPhones, multiple Macs. And time can easily be lost in the trying to manage these area, right? Um, there aren't, I don't think there are as many tools to do this stuff as there are on Windows. But this is where Bushel comes in. Bushel is here to fix this. Bushel is a cloud-based tool created to help small businesses save time by addressing the problems that arise from using multiple Apple devices in the workplace. Using the Bushel web app, you can distribute apps, change security settings, set up Wi-Fi networks, and more on multiple devices all at once. If you're considering implementing Apple devices in your business this year, Bushel can also help you set up and configure new devices without you ever having to physically touch them. Bushel is actual computer magic. The software is designed to be simple enough for anyone to use, so businesses can support their users without needing the help from IT. So you can have anybody, it can be you, it can be anyone, have access to this. If you're a small business, this is great because you can do it all yourself without needing the additional help. Bushel is free for the first three devices forever and additional devices are only $2 per month. This means that even the smallest companies can find room in their budgets for a device management solution that will save them something more important than money, time. To find out more and sign up, go to bushel.com slash analog. Thank you so much to Bushel for their support. Excellent. All right, so what else are we talking about today? So EJ, who goes by Muffinworks on Twitter, you may know them. Uh, They were the person that created the podcast universe map. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing was freaking awesome. The real big colored version with all the craziness. Um, They've actually become something of an ombudsman for me recently. (laughs) How so? In that they are suggesting to me topics to bring up for things that i've promised i would talk about but never spoke about oh i dig it so they're keeping you honest. i dig it a lot we have a couple of topics on this show that have come from ej um to come later uh, sort of as we go down the the episode list here and i've had a few uh, from ej for cortex as well 
Um, but this one today was a really interesting one, and I'm and I'm so pleased that they brought it to my attention, which is for for us to revisit the goals that we set for ourselves in episode number twenty, which were our goals for two thousand and fifteen. Oh, so God. I'm going to do a couple of things. I'll put that episode in the show notes. Um, and EJ also provided me with a link in Overcast that goes directly to, to that moment in the show, which is at 7 minutes and 42 seconds if you're uh, listening in some other app. So you can grab that for yourself. So I thought it would be fun for us to address those and see how we actually went through this year and how well we were able to meet those goals or fail or exceed them. So I took... Exactly. I took a listen back to the show. Mm -hmm. Um, You may remember this. We'll get to this in a little bit. This was the episode where you got really angry about an email that a listener sent. Uh, You're going to have to be a little more specific. (laughs) It was about um, an email that they'd sent because they weren't correctly attributed by us for a question. Yes, I do remember this. That was where this episode ended up going. I actually don't think you ever finished your thoughts about your goals mm. because you started off and then it went it went uh, into a, a it went into a tailspin. <laughs> we'll start off in the order of the actual episode, and we'll go with me first, and then move on from there. So these were my goals. I'll list my goals for for myself for 2015. Win an award. Have more diversity on Relay. I want a secret project to be a success and to be financially comfortable. So, number one, win an award. Did I win an award in 2015? Uh, uh, uh. Did not win an award (laughs) in 2015. This is something that continues to be a goal of mine, and it's become a bucket list goal. So the award one has been a bucket list goal for me for for years now I've, I've wanted an award of some description i've yet to win an award i know that some very kind listeners have nominated us for some awards i've just yet to get to that point yet um but yeah that's something that i still i still want i just want a trophy casey i can send you a trophy mike it has to be it has to mean something like you, oh, you win awards all the time <laughs> you know well, I did win those two upgradies. Exactly. You can't stop winning <laughs> upgradies. But you actually, you have won two upgradies total. John Syracuse is, I believe, the person who holds the single most amount of upgradies. He holds three upgradies. Mm. That's Syracuse. <sighs> so special about that guy anyway. I don't know. It's all lies, I tell you. Yeah, it must be. But yeah, I, I believe that, that John holds the most upgrades now. Um, so yeah, I haven't won an award yet. I believe that one day I will win an award for something. I just haven't made that award-winning thing yet, or at least the thing that will be recognized as award-winning. Mm-hmm. This show is of the quality of an award-winning show, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. But it's just yet to find its way to the Academy. <laughs> Fair um, enough. More diversity on relays. So at the time, I was saying this in a very wink, wink way because we were just beginning to work with Brianna at this point. Um, so we knew that there were uh, uh, that we were going to be beginning rocket 
at this point, which would be helping our diversity. And this has been a continued struggle um, for us over the year. Uh, I think we're a pretty good male-female rate at the moment. We're not a 50-50. I think it's about 70-30. But we've got you know, upwards of the region and 25 to 30 people on the network now. Um, we are continuing to work on it, but it's better than it has been. And I, f- I feel pretty good about it right now. But we're, you know, something we, we're keeping our eye on. And now we're we're trying to focus more on racial diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's been something that we've been working pretty hard on recently. And uh, we've been putting our efforts in there and we're starting to make some changes there as well. So, I think this is not really something I can say has been like completely achieved because it is an ongoing battle. Um, every time we want to add a show, we have to think about the impact that this has because that's important. Uh, but I think that we are in a significantly better position than we were when we set that goal. Um, and even better, and, and in an even better position than I expected we would be when I set that goal. Yeah, I think you, I think you guys, uh, you and Steven and all of Relay, should be proud of of where this has gone this year. I think there's been some some definite forward strides, and just like you said, we're not done. But nope. I think it's definitely been a, a marked improvement, and I think you should be. Uh, I think you should be proud of that. Yeah, it's something that everybody cares about um, on, on our network, and so I'm happy to see that it's getting better. Yep, me, me too. The secret uh, project that I was working on at the time that I set this goal was behind the app, and I wanted Inquisitive behind the app to be a success. It was a success by the goals and metrics that I'd set when I started the project. I've said this many times before. It ended up not being the success that it needed to be for it to uh, be a complete overall success. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to chalk it up to when I set that goal, it was successful. And the show was successful. It just wasn't as successful as I needed it to be to continue doing it for longer than I did. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's a bummer because I loved that that series. I really did. I had more. You know, I had mm-hmm. more topics. I had more stuff I wanted to talk about. But I just never – but I just – couldn't continue producing the episode past the amount of episodes. I think it was 11. I just mm-hmm. I couldn't continue doing it past that. Um, it, it just wasn't sustainable for me. I do have this idea, and I probably shouldn't talk about this right now, but I'm going to anyway. I do have this idea of uh, doing like a director's commentary uh, remastered version of the show, like in its mm. entirety mm-hmm. at some point, um, like revisiting with some of the people that I spoke to to see where it was, where it is like a year or two or three or four years later mm-hmm. and provide kind of like a director's commentary to the episodes as well. That'd be pretty cool. It's on my radar. I mean, it will be, what, a year old in March. I don't know if I'll do it then. I might. I actually might wait for two years. Um, oh, February it will be. Yeah, it's not going to happen. It's, 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 <laughs> this is not happening in three weeks' time. Right. Um, I, but at some point, it, it's like one of those like um, long-term projects of, that I want to work on. Uh, I just I ha- just haven't got a plan for it yet. But I want to do something with those. Um, I feel like that they should live in its own little thing outside of that feed. Um, and it might be. Yeah, yeah, I dig it. 
Uh, do you think that you will ever do the rest of those episodes? Like you, you had just said you had other topics, you had other things to talk about. Do you think you'll ever go there or do you think that that's gone forever? For behind the app? Probably not. Like I might roll some of those ideas into this remastered edition. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had other things I wanted to do for Inquisitive. None were as kind of, well, actually, no, I had lots of ideas for like this big storytelling type stuff. Um, and then had ideas for more stuff that was like the favorite album. I don't know if I'm going to come back to Inquisitive. Um, maybe one day or something different, maybe something new that's not that show. I have absolutely no plans to, to do it, to, to have a show on my own um, mm. for, for the foreseeable future. You know, I'm, I always had this idea of a show that I wanted to do, which was very much in the format of a late-night talk show. Maybe one day I'll do that. Um, but it's, un, it's, it's extremely unlikely. It, it's really difficult to do a show on your own um, when you're doing 100% of everything and you don't have any support. Uh, it can be, it can be tough. And right now, with where I am, uh, from a working perspective, I don't really have the desire to do that. No, I can understand that. Uh, the last goal that I had was to be financially comfortable. Um, I, I definitely am. Uh, this has been of all the goals, the one that I've succeeded, I think, the most. I'm, I'm in a better situation. Uh, my my metric that I gave in the episode, because you said what's financially comfortable. Um, and I said to have a little bit more than I need, which I've had, which is fantastic, but I've also had a little bit more than that, which I've been able to save. So that's awesome. That's really awesome. So I'm feeling good about that one. Good. That means it's my turn then, huh? Yep. Why don't you list yours? Okay. So I didn't have the chance to go back and listen, but because Mike knew I wouldn't have the chance to go back and listen, he has been kind enough to, to leave a couple of bullet points in the show notes for me. Uh, the first one, eat better and drop a few pounds. Now, I, as always, I go through fits and spurts about this. I, um, I think there have been times I've eaten better. I think Aaron and I, as it as always happens for everyone in the new year, we've been telling each other that we're going to get better again. There are times I eat reasonably well and times I don't. And I think I had a long time of times I don't, and I haven't been on a scale in a while, but. We've been trying to, and I think mostly succeeding in eating better in the new year. Um, not anything dramatic, no like formal diet or anything like that, but we are a little bit better so far. We'll see how long that lasts though. Um, but hopefully, hopefully there'll be some actual improvement. And the other one, uh, was stop arguing on the internet. (laughs) And that is, as we've talked about numerous times on the show, something I've always struggled with. Um, I'm going to award myself maybe a B in this category. I probably get a D or an F in the eating better, but a, but I'd give myself a solid B on stop arguing on the internet. I definitely do it from time to time. I see you do it. See, see me stop or see me doing it? I see you do it. Oh, well, maybe I'm doing I it more than I thought. I pointed one out to you a couple of days ago, didn't I? I don't recall. You probably did. Oh, yeah, you found one that uh, you weren't supposed to see, if memory serves. Yeah, I feel like I, I'm always not supposed to see them. Yeah, well, there's that. Because I don't want you to know when I'm falling off the horse. But I have to say, now mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't remember completely how much you were arguing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, a, I, and I love you, but I feel like a B is a very generous grade to give yourself. 
Oh, that's tough. I mean, if that's the case, that's the case. Then, then okay. What? What? Well, how would you rate me then? A C, a D? Depends where. <laughs> if we're talking about email, you do not do that anymore. Yeah, I don't think I do now. Well, not that I see. Well, I'm. I'm I mean, I don't I see mean, the ATP email. No, because we think... don't really get a lot of negative email anymore for this show. Well, that's true too. But uh, Twitter... do you argue with people above the ATP emails, KC? I really don't think I do. Do you I, respond to people at all anymore? Rarely. Yeah, that might be part of what <laughs> help. No, no, because no, I do the same. Like, I, mean, I do read re- all of it, but it's yeah. very rare that I reply to any of it. Yeah, I mean, there sometimes it just replies aren't useful, and uh, if my, my typically these days, I mean, I still do argue with people or I throw a comment in every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a little bit more trolling now than i have before (laughs) because i kind of feel like if i'm gonna do this i should enjoy this than rather than being angry about this Mm -hmm. like i told you about the time i think i said it on this show that the the guy complained to uh, us for upgrade for doing the laser noises oh yeah yeah. Um, and i recorded myself doing the laser noises and sent an mp3 (laughs) like if the reason that you're kind of doing it is, be- and I don't, this isn't healthy either, by the way, but if the reason that you're doing it is to kind of show a person that you think that they're being ridiculous, I think the best way to do it is to do it so at least you have fun about it, so you're not getting yourself worked up about it. Yeah. But yeah. whilst you are definitely better, you still are doing it more than me, for example. And I think that we were a pretty similar level this time last year in certain areas like i would argue with people until the cows came home (laughs) but i i don't do it that much anymore but i still do and i think i catch you quite a bit oh man i would maybe give you a a c plus well the way you were just painting it a second ago it sounded like a d minus i'll take no because you've gotten a lot better all right, well, um, because I also don't hear about it as much either from you, which is good. Well, and that's probably the thing that's most important, right? Now, granted, I, I'm I'm, claw- or I'm grasping at straws here, but the thing that the reason I really didn't want to argue on the internet, besides the fact that it's unproductive, but more than anything else, it it was having a negative effect on my temperament and it drains you. Yeah, and that's no good. And so, I think that. I think I've gotten better. I think we can agree I've gotten better. Now, maybe I haven't gotten as much better as I think I have, but I've gotten better. And I I would also like to echo what you were saying about kind of trolling people. So, like, somebody sent me something on Twitter about a day ago, at Casey Liss. Why the F, except it was the whole world word, do you say genuinely all the time? Will you please stop? To which I replied, why the F do you think I'm going to take this feedback, feedback like this seriously? Genuinely, it's not going to happen trolling <laughs> which i i thought that was hysterical i you not trolling, so... trolling trolling <laughs> right exactly i don't know if the if anyone else finds that funny but i thought it was hysterical and so like you said instead of like arguing on the internet and and getting getting my feathers ruffled i i like to just kind of troll a little bit however makes me feel better the really real best thing to do is to do none of oh, it. oh yeah you're right you're absolutely right but sometimes sometimes you just got to get a laugh yeah, there's a, but really, we both need to be aiming at not doing that now. Yeah, as well, you're right. Right, like so, we've yes, gotten this Dad. far. Mm-hmm. We need to go further. For me, I had a turning point 
uh, at some point this year where someone was being a tool um, and I responded to them. I was angry at them and I responded to them angrily. Then over the next maybe 15 or 20 minutes, I kept checking Twitter for their reply. And I realized I was doing it and then decided it needed to change. Yeah, that's no good. I've done the because same thing for the record. That kind of hold on me mentally mm-hmm. is not something that people should, that I don't know should be able to have. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I have been guilty of the same thing. It's not productive. It's not a good use of time. No. I'm right there with you. And I think that this is the same for any people. Like you just shouldn't let people you don't know consume these amount of your thoughts because you're angry. And this this could also be like you it, for the people that get angry at us. Mm-hmm. Like try not to get so angry. Like <laughs> it's it's actually fine. You know, yeah. like you're gonna be. Everyone's gonna be okay. Yeah, no, I, I have this one guy who listens to a show and. Every, I know when he's listened because every episode he sends me four emails. I'm not even kidding. Like mm. I just watch him come in. He tells me all the things he likes and doesn't like. I'm like, guy, you just need to stop sending me these emails. Like I've stopped <laughs> replying to them now because I, I think that, you know, I'm feeding it. Yep. Uh, but it's like, he, if you want to send me an email every week, send me one email. Like don't send me four emails. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like little things like that. Like, so now I'm thinking I should just send those directly to the arc, to my archive. Yeah, I agree. And, and again, I yeah. do feel kind of bad doing that, but I feel like I, sh- I should probably do that. No, I think it thing... t- takes something out of me when I see these emails come in one after the other over the course of an hour. But totally. I think the thing that you and I both need to remember and realize, and some, but not all of our listeners need to as well, is that there is no part of the post-listener relationship in which listeners have the right to our time. We don't, And to be fair, actually, we don't have the right to listeners' time either. If we nope. make crappy shows, then they don't have to listen. You no, know? and they shouldn't. And they shouldn't. Um, and so there's none of us have, a, have an obligation to give the other time. And I know that sounds terrible, and I don't mean it to sound terrible. What I mean is... If somebody's going to be like, wow, I really hate your show, and actually that's been bothering me a lot lately. I feel like I've gotten a fair bit of feedback on ATP about how, oh, this show is taking a turn. Yeah, I don't get okay. it. I, like, this, it's a taste thing because recently I felt the show to be really good, like better than it's been in, in the last few months. Um, not that I, I was still loving it, but I found the most recent episodes to be better than normal. Yeah, better yeah. than what I enjoyed. So my only feeling about that is you're obviously talking about something I like a lot, or there's themes that I like a lot that other people don't like. Yeah, and that's, you're you know, that's the only thing. That's the only conclusion you can draw. Mm-hmm. But no, I think I think you're right. I think the show, the last handful of episodes have been a little bit more varied and a little bit less you know regurgitating the news and. I've enjoyed them quite a bit, and I keep seeing feedback. And it's not—it's not only ATP, but particularly ATP. Well, you ATP sucks these days. Well, okay. Or well, I just stopped listening to ATP. You know, of course, it's tagged like ATP FM or tagged me or what have you. And it's never like constructive feedback. It's oh, I stopped listening to ATP because I can't handle it. I actually well, believe that most of those people don't stop listening. Probably not. But if you're going to to 
and I feel like we've talked about this, so I'm going to make it very quick. But if you're going to like mention the show account or one of us saying something like that, it's at, at least have the common courtesy to say, and here's why. But 95% of the time, it's, oh, I can't handle ATP anymore. I just got to stop listening. You know, though, the thing is, in to play devil's advocate, I think for a lot of people that they probably can't explain why it is. All they know is it's not fitting their opinions or tastes yeah, that's for what they think the show should be. Yeah, that's that's probably fair. I don't, I, I don't then agree that someone should tell you. I don't think you have to be told. When, um, when someone stops listening? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't. I don't know why some people think that that is useful. Um, especially when they don't give any real kind of reason. But, I mean, I know that I've done this, like, for a reason. There is a show that I really like that I haven't listened to the last three episodes of. It's not that I haven't had the time. I've just seen it and have wanted to listen to it. And I don't know why it is, but though I've just been like, ah, I'm going to let this one go this time. I'll listen to an old episode of The Flophouse, and I'll pick <laughs> up the next one. And, and I don't know why it is. It's just like a a taste thing for what you're interested in at that moment. And there's a potential that people are just not enjoying what you've been doing on ATP recently. Yeah. And they can't really put their finger on it. They know it's just not what they like. They like to hear you do follow up and talk about, talk about Swift. <laughs> right? Then why go out of your way to tell us that you're not listening though? I don't know why people feel that. Like I don't, I don't understand the idea of why they need to tell you. I think people just want to get it out. Right, and oh, they want it to change. I want it to go back to how they liked it. So yeah. they, 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 but there was a belief. I assume that in telling you that, that you'll make a change. But I actually think that most people they can't tell you what they do and don't like. So, but all they can do is tell you they don't like it in the hopes that you'll change it. Uh, that, that's the way that I view it. I that's the only sense that I can draw from it that makes me feel comfortable. Yeah, I just, I don't, I can't make heads or tails of it. And it's very, it's a very frustrating thing to hear. You know, I, I'm trying to think of a, a useful analogy. And it's, well, I guess it's like somebody saying, you know what? I just don't want to be friends with you anymore. All right, later. Like, <laughs> yeah. what, are you, what are you supposed to do with yeah. that? Like, if you don't want to be friends anymore, just fade away. Just stop taking my calls. Just fade away. Or alternatively, say to me, you know what, Casey? You keep telling me you're going to call me, and you never do, and I feel like you just don't give a crap, and I just can't handle that anymore. I don't think it's healthy for me to be friends with you anymore. That's very yeah. sad to hear, but I can do something with that. So either Or not. Or not. Yeah. Or, so just tell me something or tell me nothing. But this, like, half, this half state is just useless. Ugh. All right. This, this episode has gone very much in the way that the last time... You're right. I didn't start off upset. I'm actually not that upset. I'm just frustrated. So why don't why don't we bring this back around? Why don't we talk talk about something that isn't frustrating? Actually, before we do, okay, take a break. Mm -hmm. Do you want to set goals again? Not now, but next time. (laughs) Uh, We probably should actually, and maybe we should figure out a way to keep ourselves to it. I don't know. Yeah, we probably should. Yes, we will. All right, let's take a break to talk about Squarespace. So you can start building your own website today at squarespace.com and you want to use the offer code FEELS at checkout to get 10% off Squarespace. Build it beautiful. With Squarespace, you can put together a website that will look professionally designed regardless of your skill level. You don't need to have any coding experience. 
Squarespace have intuitive and easy-to-use tools that make it a breeze to build a website that looks and feels exactly how you want. I've used Squarespace for projects over the years because I don't know how to build websites. It is super easy for me to be able to use their drag-and-drop tools to build things that look great. They have these beautiful templates. They're all professionally designed. They have responsive web design built right in. Squarespace stay ahead of all this stuff. They stay in with the times. They keep everything secure and stable. And this is why millions of people around the world trust Squarespace with their websites and their businesses as well. Like I know a few people, like Brad Dowdy, the pen addict, he is now uh, self-employed. So Brad recently quit his job and his website and his business are both run with Squarespace because he trusts them like that. We trust them at Relay FM with our store and our blog because they make this stuff better than we ever could. Their commerce platform is fantastic. That's like Brad, one of Brad's businesses, Notco, is like selling physical goods. They make and sell physical goods. And they do everything with Squarespace. Like they have their inventory with Squarespace with their commerce platform. Like it really is a fantastic st- platform for that. People that make music, you can sell music. You can have audio players and stuff on Squarespace. It really is absolutely fantastic. They back all this up with their 24-7 support. They have live chat and email. Rock solid, fast hosting, and so much more. You can sign up for a trial with no credit card required and start building your own website today. Go to squarespace.com to do that. And make sure that you use the offer code FEELS when you sign up for an account. Um, and you'll get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for this show. Thank you so much to Squarespace. Build it beautiful. Excellent. All right. So how about some Relay Your Feels? Yeah. Before we do the Relay Your Feels this week, uh, I want to just ask the listeners out there to continue contributing uh, questions for the Relay Your Feels segment with the hashtag Relay Your Feels. Running a little low in that document right now. And I love this segment and don't want it to go away. If you enjoy it too, send us your questions. The first one today comes from Ed. London, being in England, has the best electrical plugs. Agree? <laughs> yes, we do. The next question comes from Neil. Oh, no, Neil no, 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 no. On what basis can you say that your plugs are better than ours? Okay. Somebody Is it because un- you can stick a fork in them and get electrocuted? Because you can't do that with ours. Okay, somebody sent us a um, a video you got this as well, didn't you? Uh, about why the UK plugs are the best plugs in the world. And I will dig it up. I don't think I have it handy. While, oh, I do have it handy. Uh, we'll put this in show notes. This was sent to us by Ed. And um, they sent us this video of why UK plugs, it's probably the same Ed, actually, uh, why UK plugs are supposedly better than all the other plugs in the world. And here's what I got from that video. UK plugs are safer than probably any other plug in the entire world. Full stop, safer than anything else. Yeah. However, they are the iPad Pro of electrical plugs because they are freaking enormous. They are so comically, ridiculously, absurdly out of control large that I don't understand how you live with it. I mean, look Just, at look at the little... What do you need small plugs for? Look at the power brick on your MacBook Pro. Mine is a perfect square, or a rounded square, if you will. It's all flush and even, whereas yours has this tumor hanging off the side of it, which is your ridiculous, stupid plug. Yeah, but you can just pop those off. Yes, but why it would you... It easy ever... to carry. 
no, you don't have to. But you fold the two little prongs in, and then it becomes a square. You've you know what I'm talking about, right? You've seen the American um, uh, power supplies from from portable Macs. Mm-hmm. They're they're wonderful. The, the plugs in Britain again. No, but they're, they're not wonderful. What in what way is it not wonderful? Because I have an American power adapter for my mm-hmm. MacBook Pro. Mm-hmm. The problem. This is part of the massive problem that you guys have. You plug those things into the wall, the power brick's so heavy, it falls out of the wall. No, it doesn't. In many hotel rooms that I have tried to to plug something in, it either falls out or it starts to hang out, like it starts to droop out of the wall. That feels unsafe to me. It's not unsafe. I will agree that it's not. It's not the best so, uh, solution in the world. But it's Ours not unsafe. Never fall out. They are. Yours never fall secure. out because they're the size of a house. Secure. Oh, God. secure and safe. And also, as well, there are a lot of foldable plugs now. So, like the prongs fold. <laughs> Welcome inside. to thirty years ago. It's difficult because you know we have to think about all the safety measures so our children mm. don't die. Uh, yes. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just going to have to agree that you're right to agree to disagree on this one. They are safer. I will concede they are safer. I, I will happily concede that. But in and every other, in just about every in other every way. other measurable way, they are absurd. What did Neil have to say? Neil uh, wrote in and said uh, on the watch, the Apple Watch. Now that it's fitted both into both of your lives, would you buy a different style when the Watch Two comes out? That's a great question. So I don't know if I'll even get. The Watch 2. The rumors, and the rumor du jour, is that there's basically just going to be a FaceTime camera in this thing. And that's it. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, I won't be upgrading. I don't want that. Like, if there's no additional functionality that comes with Watch 2, then I won't get it. I mean, I would say it would be nice to not have to have another thing to upgrade every year. Yep. Um, but I, yeah, I. And I love the sport one. I don't think I would go with steel. Yeah. The regular watch. You know, I've thought about this. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get a new one. I would say I'm not, but then I'm going to renege. So I'm not even going to say that. Yeah, don't um, say it until you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I might get one. I might not. But all I'm saying is like if, if it is just there's a FaceTime camera in it, I'm, I won't get that because I don't want that. Um, and I'm not going to have any... Benefit, I'm not going to lose any out on anything. Well, so we think. But in any case, um, I have thought, you know, uh, there will come a time, even if it's not Watch 2, that I'll get another watch. What would I get? And I've I've had two conflicting opinions. Either I'm going to get a Sport but not get the black one or the Space Gray or whatever it is and get a regular one so I'm a little more flexible with bands, or I would get the the mid-range. What is it? This, the Apple Watch, not the Apple Watch Sport. Um and again, that would be to, to, to open the door to more choices and bands. One thing I haven't explored, although I'd kind of like to, though, or I would kind of like to, though, is unbeknownst to me, there's actually a fairly vibrant third-party community for Apple Watch bands, many of which are doing really, really solid knockoffs of Apple um, watch bands. So a friend of mine, I forget who it was, but a friend of mine was showing me that they had a Milanese Loop and I thought it was mm-hmm. the Apple one until they said no. It was like twenty bucks off Amazon, and so yeah, I know a bunch of people that are doing this. I think Jason has one or two. Uh, my friend Rob has a bunch. I'm hesitant to use a watch band that isn't using Apple's lugs. I'm just hesitant. I agree for that, and that's why um, I haven't done it yet. But it it does 
it, it's appealing or interesting, if nothing else, to think about. And I've got to say, I love the sport bands. Um, I was mm-hmm. so set on getting a Milanese loop, but I just never did it. I have like six sport bands, and I think they're fantastic. Yeah, Aaron has a couple of, of sport bands. It, hers came with the, the coral, which the the faux pink before they eventually added pink. The, it's like salmon, actually. And then I had gotten her a uh, white band for if she wanted to dress it up a little bit for like fancier occasions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and so she's she's the only one in the house that has more than one band. But I've been really debating um, asking for for like my birthday or something like one or two of these knockoff bands to try because they're relatively cheap. They're a good like you know, sibling gift, you know, it's like 20 bucks or something like that. And it's something I'd like rather than like, you know, not that I wouldn't like a movie, but something that's potentially more useful than a, you know, Blu-ray or something like that. So we'll see. The only other watch that I've wanted is the true Darth Vader DLC black Mm -hmm. one. Every time I've seen one of those. That's so nice. Fantastic. I mean, I see them more, then I'm allowed to touch them because Gray won't let me wear his. <laughs> he won't even let me try it on. I said, can I try it on? Like, just as I assumed you would say. He's like, nope. It's like, really? It's like, yeah, I'm not letting you touch it. Like, okay. <laughs> Only Gray. Yeah. Federico just grabbed it when they met. He, like, just put his hand on the oh, watch. Oh, God. Oh, God. And it was like, it was fine because this is what I said, the Gray said to me afterwards. He's like, well, he just did it. <laughs> you ask yeah, yeah. that's your problem totally. fair enough alright what else Spencer said one of these days I would love for you to cover the anxiety of recording your voice content of speech vocal quality that kind of thing mm. um how did Erin feel about this um, when she recorded with you she was I don't know if I should say dreading it because that's more negative than I mean she was very scared of it maybe that's a better way of looking at it um she was very scared of it she was doing it mostly as a favor to me. I think somewhat she just kind of wanted to have the experience for herself to understand it a little better. But for the most part, it was just a favor to me. Um, afterwards, she has not listened to the episode and she has religiously listened to analog. She hasn't listened to ATP, but she's religiously listened to analog. And I'm pretty sure she's caught up to that episode. And in fact, I think she might have stopped listening to analog and has moved on to other podcasts until she wills up the the gumption and the chutzpah to, to actually listen to it. And I've told her numerous times, I thought it went well. Uh, I've told her numerous times if it went poorly, it's because I asked weird questions. I, I still can't believe and can't thank the listeners enough for all the wonderful feedback they gave. That is not a bit of sarcasm. Genuinely, it was amazing feedback. I know I've said it before and I'm still flabbergasted by it. Um, but uh, she's definitely, she was and remains, I think, uncomfortable with it. Um, and and I hope to figure out a way to, to get her back on the show some way, somehow, but I'm not expecting to. Um, but how did Adina feel when you guys did the top four together? And she wasn't worried about it beforehand. Afterwards, she said she didn't like the sound of her voice. This yeah. is very normal for people. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, and one of my top tips that I will give is to ensure that you are using monitoring headphones and you are like, or that you have your headphones monitoring your voice. So mm-hmm. to find a microphone that will allow you to plug or a mixer or a USB audio interface that will allow you to plug your headphones in directly um, to the microphone. I have it rooted so you can hear yourself talk 
this is how I have gotten used to my own voice over time. So now when I edit myself, it just sounds normal. Because right now, I am hearing myself the exact same way that you will hear me. So over the many, many hours that I've recorded, I've gotten very used to the way that my voice sounds. And it also allows me to control the way that my voice sounds because I hear it as it's happening. It's exactly what musicians do. Right when they have the the little plugs in their ears, yep. it's so they can hear themselves. It's so they can hear the band. So they're able to control the way that they sound. Yep, yep, you're exactly right. And but I, when I started out, I hated it, mm-hmm. and it's one of the reasons that my voice has changed so much over the years. The, the way that my accent is, the way that I pronounce certain words, because I have changed the way that I talk, so I sound better on the shows. Yep, and uh, I hated the sound of my own voice. Like, imagine. Imagine that you are listening to a home movie of yourself, but a recent one, not like when you're a kid, and you hear your own voice when you're talking, and you're just like, oh, God, I sound so weird. If you're a professional podcaster, over time, I don't even realize it anymore. Like, I almost, my brain almost recognizes two different versions of my own voice as my voice. You know, that that unfamiliar one that's coming from outside of your head that now has melded into and, and feels the same as the one that I'm hearing as I'm talking right now. And it it's just, just another of the voices that I hear whilst doing my job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, it might be Kyle says in the chat, and I think it's a pretty good summary. After doing radio for years, you have no choice but get to use, but to get used to your own voice. And he's right. You just do. Like yep. it's not even something you have to like fight with. Nope. Eventually, you just get used to it, and it and it's not like you you struggle through it. It's just like you just fine with it. Yeah. At least that's how I've found it to be. At least with me and everybody that I've worked with. So, I expect that you end up with it being normal. And also, I have to say that like as time has gone on as well, my my podcasting voice and my regular voice are starting to mix around the other way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So now the way that I record is sounding a lot more. In the way that I talk, just generally, hmm, it's weird. Everything's a circle. Oh goodness! All right, anything else? Think that's about it. Excellent. Please submit your relay of fields questions. Use the hashtag relay of fields. It's a great way to get questions to us. Also, to provide feedback and follow up. Maybe you can tell us why you don't listen to the show anymore. <laughs> we'll be yes. back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Casey. Liz. I'll see you later, Mike.